we shall wake up and we shall pray because the Lord our God is the one who can truly enable us to overcome during this time. You know, many of us are frightened during this time, but I want to remind you that God is in control. He is still in control. He is still the one in leading us. Even in times of suffering and, and, and you know, when we are not sure about tomorrow, He is still the God who owns tomorrow. He is still in charge, not just of tomorrow, but all the way into eternity. This is a God who entered into our fallen world and did not just, he didn't remove the pain, but he didn't also exempt himself from the pain of the fallenness and the brokenness of the world. Jesus came and walked among us. He suffered all the way to his death for us so that we can live in this world, in this broken world, we can walk in the darkness of today knowing that we have a shepherd who cares, who understands and who walks together with us. He sees the way that we should go and we can have courage as we face every day, every day um, that, that comes before us, even when things are really dark. You know, Psalm 23 is a favorite psalm for many of us. It's the psalm about the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And I want just to take note of verse 4 which says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and that's the season that we're in right now. We are in that season of darkness, the shadow of, of COVID-19, and, and things are dark. Many of us are scared. We are worried about tomorrow because we can't see what tomorrow is going to be. We don't know what steps we should take as we live on our day-to-day -day basis. We are in a dark valley. And so was King David. In fact, as he speaks about this, he was, he was talking about the time even before he was king and even during his kingship, there were times of his crisis. But David made a choice. And he says, I will fear no evil. For those of us who have been part of Karura Community Chapel, um, at the beginning of this year, we were learning as we, as we faced a new year. We didn't know what challenges we will face during this year. Um, now we are seeing them. Um, and we were learning from the story of Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, God says to that newly commissioned leader, He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Do not be discouraged. Even in this time, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you are, wherever you are going. When you are part of His sheepfold, He is with you. And here in Psalm 23, David made that choice to obey God, to trust him, even in that dark valley. And so this was his confession. He says, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even when I can't see, even when I don't know what is going to happen, God is there. God is with us always. You know, Rick Warren shared a sermon um, in this season, and I, and I encourage others, if, if you have the opportunity to, to listen to that sermon, Walking Without Fear Through the Valley of the Shadow of, of the Virus, um, the challenges that, that we should be expecting during this time. And one of the things he said is, we don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. And that's where we find our strength. Church in this season is going to be different. People can't come to us. They can't we can't gather together as a large group, but we are still the church. And as we've heard from, from Pastor Martin, like the early church, which didn't have any venues for gathering together, they met together in their homes. And, and I want to encourage you to continue to meet as families. Maybe look at yourselves as a small group, but also as, 
as community we are so fortunate this thing is happening during the time when we have internet and a lot of us a lot of the groups are, are, have been meeting on video conference please go ahead and do this and one of the ways you can help one another is that those of you who can please you know you can send bundles to somebody else and enable that person to join together and stay connected because you know church is much more than just gathering together um, on a Sunday in one big big community and ask the question how does God want you to serve him during this crisis you know our mission statement as a church is to be a worshiping community helping one another to be obedient to God's word and to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ in a needy world and this is a season of need there are a lot of people who are in need and there's an opportunity for all of us to participate to work with a difference even when we don't have our regular work to do people are scared you know and 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 you can be their comfort you can stand together with them because you have a hope that can't fail it can never fail so can we as christians also step in and care and, and, and take care of the people around us. Even those people who that might be sick, we need to be aware of those needs, not foolishly stepping into situations, not rashly, but we must respond in love. We are the church. As Karura Community Chapel, we've always responded in love in times of crisis. May this be a time when we are not too scared to step into other people's worlds and help them in their time of crisis. We've been learning about work during this this season during this campaign work with Jesus every day and and we've seen that God wants us to live productive lives not just when we are paid to do this but all the time in every season even when it can look like we are stuck you know right now some of us have no formal job there are no casual um, jobs and things have stopped and those of us who are still working we're not able to work fully because you know perhaps you know you're based at home maybe because you know supplies have dried up you know whatever reason but think about how you can contribute how you can work towards your neighbor's welfare because we must always always be contributors as people we must learn to be contributors at home you might not be the principal bread breadwinner and in these days of course the bread earner can be um, either male or female it can be any of us but even if you think there's plenty of bread that is being earned by that particular person by one of you that does not exempt you from the call to make a contribution do something and engage yourself in productive work even in this season even if it is not paid through cash in Titus chapter 3 verse 14 the Bible says our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives there are so many urgent needs around us how can we be a people of help and live productively in engaging the things that are going on um, Pastor Martin mentioned how we have been partnering together with other churches in love in the name of Christ to help feed um, the people who are in crisis there are a lot of people who are losing their jobs because they they depend on a casual a day-by-day -day job and many of these are drying up so we are trying to help them and and during this season if you have the ability to help please do step in and help and and encourage somebody um, and who, that that they won't you know collapse because there are people 
who care enough to step out and help. I'm really proud of those people who came on, on Wednesday to even help with the volunteering and walking with those people, being able to interact um, with these people and encourage them and let them know that they are not alone. What are you going to do? Um, how are you helping your neighbor? How are you connecting with your neighbor? That word of encouragement, that word of love, that might be the work that you needed to do today to change that person's life, to change the situation of loneliness that they might be feeling. That is productive work. Now today as we, as we go into the word of God, um, we just want to, of course, remind us that even in, in all kinds of seasons, we know that our God continues to speak to us. And so even in this time, even though our eyes are so focused on COVID-19, we know that the Lord has been calling us as a church to understand this issue of work. And so today I want to go into the, 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 the issues of work and I want to understand, I want us to understand a specific area called worldview. Do we see the world in the way that our God does? Because our understanding of, of our world really must be the same as that of God. And, you know, otherwise we will not be a productive people and it will have a great negative effect in the way that we live and work in the world if we've not understood it and how we should interact with it. You've got to see life with a Christian eye. You know, we've learned during this season, first of all, that God created the world and everything in it. You know, he created us in his image and gave us work to do. And then things fell apart at the fall. Sin entered in and now we see a broken world that does not obey us, does not work as it should. But we are thankful that our God did, did not disconnect. He engaged, he intervened. Um, in our world through the work of Jesus Christ. And now for all of us who are connected to Christ through faith, we are reconnected to the plan of creation from our creation, our creation mandate, and we are able to live with fulfillment, fulfilling the things, the work that God created in advance for us that we might be doing, fulfilling our life design as we turn towards God and we better reflect Him, becoming those people that bear His image, um, which is what we were designed to do as human beings. And now we are to work with our eyes on God. Colossians 3.23, that was our very first um, memory verse. It's our theme verse for the whole season. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Our eyes must always be on God. And a Christian worldview shall encompass, you know, all this, that particular perspective and much more. You know, as Christians, truly, brothers and sisters, we are called to see life in the way God sees it and therefore to engage it in the way that he wants. Unfortunately, we are so deeply influenced by the world around us and, and, and the common story of our world today is deeply rooted in materialism, deeply influenced by materialism. We are taught to look at life, you know, just as the physical, the things that we, we, we can measure, we can see, we can touch and, and whatever else it is and to deal with problems, you know, and everything else that we face on this basis. There have even been people at this time telling us, you know, what's this manner of praying? You know, just go to science. No, we must recognize that we, believe we are part of something so much more. But that is what is called a secular outlook. It says, you know, leave God out of things. Let's work things out. And, and you know, when you, when you meet in the night or with other Christians, you can do other things. And Tim Keller says, you know, so many Christians think of themselves as Christians only within church activity. 
their church, their Christian life is what they do on Sundays and weeknights. And when they engage in spiritual activities, in their life and work, out in the world, they uncritically accept and reenact all of their culture's underlying values and idolatries of self, of surface appearances, technique, personal freedom, materialism, and other features of expressive individualism. It's like we're living in two worlds. This is what is called dualism. Having two centers, um, our eyes on two centers. And somehow as Christians, we've, we've taken in a lie. We've taken in the lie that there are two parts to life. You know, the spiritual part in which we exercise our faith, we, we pray, we receive grace, we do evangelism and discipleship, we do our daily devotions. You know, this is where we are relating with God. And then separate from that, we have the natural part to life where we do our work, we go to school, we study science, we do business, we engage in politics, and, and so on. And, and this is where we live most of the time. And in fact, this is where most of our productive energy is being poured. And what has happened is that for many of us who believe in God, we try to live in those two parallel worlds that don't interact. The world of nature and the spiritual world. You know, Christians who are thinking in this particular way, they also want to serve God. They want to serve that higher calling. But as we embrace that false paradigm, when we embrace that false worldview, for the most part, you know, we think that our best contribution to that higher calling is to give money to God's work. You know, sometimes we, we will volunteer, but primarily in our minds, we're thinking, you know, we've got to give money to enable those guys who do God's work to do it, those guys engaged in spiritual work. And for them, you know, we view them as, as, you know, pretty special people, people who are different from the rest of us. Then for them, the world is a mission field where, where they come in to do the spiritual work of evangelism and missions and discipleship. Basically, we divide the world into sacred and secular. We have the the full-time Christian workers who are the pastors and missionaries and evangelists and, and the rest of us think of ourselves as, as part-timers. Actually, many of us actually think of ourselves as full-time workers in the other world and then, you know, it just so happens that we are Christians and we can express this during the lunch break and, and during the weekend. Now, guys, this has a great effect on, on what we think about being deployed as ambassadors of Jesus Christ in the world to be sent out on mission by our God in fulfilling the great commission that Jesus sent us on. You know, so those of us who who pray every day um, and we pray and we go to work, it it we 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 kind of don't feel like this is very spiritual that we are really engaged very spiritual. It doesn't measure up to truly serving God. But on the other hand, you know, those guys who, you know, during their breaks, they will go and do evangelism during lunch hour. They will go for a short-term evangelistic mission and go somewhere else. And we look at those ones, wow, you know, that is, that is good. That is serving God. That is, that, is, that is what is exciting. And then when you work full-time for the church, now this is the ultimate. This is the ultimate place when you're working full-time for the church, whether you're paid or not. Now that is the person that we view as spiritual. 
And guys, it's not that or any of these things is wrong. And yes, we must be praying and, and working. And we must also be helping other people know God. And it's important to share your faith. Otherwise, you know, how are you showing love to people that you actually say you love? Those people that are in your heart, you say that you, you love them, but you're never going to help them to find the way to connect with God and to connect with eternity, to connect their lives and find a true fulfilling life. We've got to reach out and share with them. But the problem with this dualistic way of looking at things is, is that it doesn't line up with the reality of God. It doesn't line up with the truth of Christianity. We must remember, God made it all. Including the things that we work on and the things that we work with, everything. And He is present. The maker of the universe is here and he's everywhere. You know, God made the universe, but he didn't disconnect from it. He stays connected and in the very smallest part of it and in the largest part of it, God is present. We are in the presence of God all the time, all the time, whether we recognize it or not. Now, the problem that we have is that we sometimes ignore this or we forget. Um, I think, you know, in, um, at times we want to forget this. But in the past, there were Christians um, who the Christians com commonly use the Latin term coram deo, which really means, you know, before the face of God. And the idea here in using that, those words coram deo um, was, was, was a reminder that we should be always living with an awareness that we are in the presence of God all the time and that we are to live in that presence for his glory. Now, when you look at life in this way, then it becomes one. And God is the ruler of it all. And this starts to build integrity and oneness into your life. Now, you know, you are not just a worker who happens to be Christian by faith. Now you are a Christian who is serving God, the maker of everything through the work that you do. So Colossians 3.23 again, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And it brings this sense of purpose in everything that we are doing because somehow in the things that we are doing, we are serving God who made us and we are serving other people that God called us to serve or engaging in, in the world that God called us to be stewards of. And so sacred life, secular life, religion, science, engineering, everything is supposed to be done and lived with this perspective. God is our true master in all of our work, in everything we do. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, the Bible says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Even things as common as eating and drinking should be done in the light of our God. You know, God's kingdom is supposed to rule all that we are doing in every way, from Alpha to Omega, everything ruled by our God. Even the simple menial tasks of life gain new purpose as we recognize these things. We become, these things that we are doing become very significant. All of our lives, each and every moment, each and everything that we are doing, we are to be living before the face of God, living Koram Deo. I wonder if you recognize that reality, that you are in the presence of God. 
The first time I learned about this concept of Coramdeo was was really stunning. You know, just recognizing everything I do, everything is in God's face. You know, there's a part of me that wants to ignore this, you know, to act as though God isn't with me wherever I am and in everything that I'm doing, but it's true. He's present. Even in the toilet, he's there. You know, all of our lives, each and every moment, each and every task, each and everything that we are doing are to be lived with a recognition that we are before the face of God. Lived karamdeo, because it's true. You are always in the face of God. I wonder whether you recognize this reality and that you may choose to live in this reality because God wants you not only to be aware of it, but then with your awareness to live it out amongst other people because, you know, once you became a Christian, you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. He cares about everything that you are doing. Don't make the assumption that there are things that you can do that don't matter. No, you are his representative. Everything that you do matters. Every part of our life should be lived to the glory of God. I wonder, you know, whether you ever think that when you're in that meeting or in that place that you are interacting with people, not only are you working for God, but that God is right there and he's with you. Now you can take that two ways, which is normally what, what people do. People take it in, in two different ways. One way is that you can take it as a threat. You know, thinking about God as some cosmic policeman who's going to be watching everything you're doing and just catching you whenever you sin or you do something that's, that's, that's wrong. Or you can take it as a promise. You can take it as a promise, you know, to recognize that God is available to me. He is standing together with me. He is walking with me in all my situations. He is ready to help me through. You know, that first response sees this as trouble being before the face of God. But the second recognizes God's presence as empowering, as enabling, as supporting, as protecting. Tell me, which is the way? that you think about God's presence in your life. If you are part of God's family, then I want to tell you that it's the second option that is the one that is true for you. God is present. Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. He is always present, always your support, always your partner as you're walking through whatever you walk through. You know, in the book of Matthew, after the resurrection, in fact, just a few verses before that, what I've just quoted, which is Matthew 28, 20. Um, I want to read from Matthew 28, verse 18, which is something that happened after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he comes to his disciples and makes an extraordinary claim. This is what he says. You know, the Bible says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You know, how much authority? It's all, all. You know, how much does all leave out? All includes everything. You know, God is in charge. Jesus is in charge of everything. And this is the basis that then he goes on to tell his disciples, therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, go and do all of these other things. He is in charge. He is sovereign over all, including our work. And then comes that promise in verse 20, which says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. He stands together with us. Abraham Kuyper said, 
There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. He is king. You know, elsewhere, Kuiper said, you know, wherever man may stand, whatever he may do to whatever he may apply his hand in agriculture, in commerce and in industry, or his mind in the world of art and science, he is, in whatsoever it may be, constantly standing before the face of God, he is employed in the service of his God. He has strictly to obey his God. And above all, he has to aim at the glory of his God. Before the face of God. This is where we are. And that is how we are called to live. Koram Deo. We are to live all of our lives. You know, not portions of it. All in the presence of God with an awareness that he is right there with us, supporting us as we face everything that we are facing. He will never leave us, nor forsake us. And even as we struggle with COVID in this, in this world and in this particular season, the Savior, who not only faced death, but, but, but actually died, he is with us. He is so aware of the things that we, we fear and we are struggling with, and he is with us, and he can walk together with us. We are in his presence. We live under the authority of God. And our lives are to be for the honor and glory of God. Os Guinness in his great book, The Call, said, calling is the premise of Christian existence itself. Calling means that everyone, everywhere, and in every time fulfills his or her secondary calling or calling in response to God's primary calling. The fact that God has called you is the primary mover of everything that you do, every moment that you live. And so this is how a Christian is supposed to look at life. This is our view of life. We live in one world, a world in which God is always Lord in everything. In everything he is Lord. And so all types of work or vocation are under God and are to serve God. Accountant, homemaker, pastor, all these things are callings in which we are to serve God wholeheartedly and, and to do everything that we can. You know, whether we are serving at home or whether, wherever we are, in whatever place God may choose to place you or you may find yourself, you are part of his deployed mission team for his glory to serve him. You know, the Bible calls us ambassadors and that's not a part-time role as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. That's something that we are called to full-time, 24-7, 365, all the time, every moment of your life, you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You know, we can't say, too, that some parts of life are, and types of work are sanctified or they're holy and other parts are unsanctified. All of us are called to live holy, sanctified lives in everything that we do. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21, the Bible says, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Any good work. All the work that we do can be good. The key is your decision to live a cleansed life, to live a life that is pointed to our master. We can always be in every way serving the master. 
You know, we've been learning about the call of God as it relates to the Christian life. Work as service. And, and, and you know, work must always be first directed to God with an eye on God's joy. And that is what makes your work a, wor- a form of worship. Then work is, is, is something that serves your neighbor and people are supposed to benefit from the things that you are doing. And, and even when we don't particularly like our work, when we start understanding these two things, that we are serving God and we are serving other people, it creates and it gives meaning to everything that we are doing and we are fulfilling God's law. Loving God and loving our neighbor. Full, full filling of the commandments that summarize the entire law. And we remember too that work serves creation itself. You know, we were placed here in, in Genesis 2.15, you know, God places Adam in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Those of you who remember that particular passage. God made the world and appointed us as stewards. Not to destroy the world, but to work it, to mold it, and to take care of it. Now, here are three ways that Christians engage um, the world. Three different ways that, that maybe you might have been engaging the world. You know, there are some who call themselves Christians who have, who have an inaccurate view of grace. They don't understand. They, they, they kind of think that grace means that they don't really, you know, need to stand out from everybody else. Because after all, God is going to forgive everything. You know, and, and so just saying I'm a Christian, that's it. That's all. And it's like a magic wand. And the result is that they are no different than the rest of the world. They're, there's no difference between them. And all of them are heading to to death. People, remember, God cannot be deceived. And true faith will always show up in the way we are living. There will always be fruit that comes out of true faith in our lives. Then there are those who have an inaccurate perspective of sin. Somehow they think that they can insulate themselves from the rest of the world. And, and they may go to work, but, but they won't associate with those sinners. And, and, and you know, they, every opportunity they have, they're going to dash off to fellowship or, or to church. You know, they, these guys might end up going to heaven. But for them, the saying is truth. They are of no benefit to the world that God so loved that he sent his son to die for it. You know, actually, they should also be watching out for themselves because that holier-than-thou attitude might be something that is masking deep sin in our hearts, that, that there might be pride and other hidden sin, and God opposes the proud. That's the word of God. And then there's the third type of Christian who chooses to engage, to engage the world, which is the, the Christian call, to influence the world as partners of God, as we serve our neighbor and as we act as stewards over his creation and we make an impact because we are walking together with people as the salt and the light of the world that Jesus wants us to be enabling them to see the way that their lives should go that's the that's the place I pray that your life would be and so that when you are interacting with the world as you are interacting wherever you might be working or or if you're not working in, 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 with a normal job, even engaging at home and in, in different situations, engaging wherever you are, that we will be dealing and interacting with the rest of the world as believers. Because as believers, we come together on Sundays and during the week to learn, to find encouragement from God's will, and then we go out. 
we go out and engage the world so that the salt and light of the world will influence in all the different places where we operate. That God's will and God's grace will be available in those places. That, that the love that God has for the world will be visible through the different things that you are doing as you act on the things that God has called you to be living in. As you live out your call. And this is where we come to that idea of the church at the gates. You know, the gates of the city is a picture of where the church meets the world. You know, the church isn't just supposed to be waiting for people to come. And of course, in this season, we are being forced not to be just gathering together um, and, and, and enjoying just that, that warm fellowship that we have. But the, the church was never designed only as a, as a place of gathering. The church is the people of God and the people of God are to be going out into that world. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We are a people to be engaging and reaching people and, and touching their lives in the things that we are doing, in the places that we are serving, wherever we are. We are engaged as God's deployed ambassadors, as people that are living for God in that situation, subduing and, and filling the earth, loving our neighbors, and always, always with our eye on serving God, our true master, the one that we serve. And so if I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor not just for money. I'm a doctor first for Jesus and, and for health in the community. And I really thank God for doctors. If you're a doctor, I just want to tell you today, May the Lord bless you during this season. Um, if you are a health worker, may the Lord bless you during this season. It is such, we need you so much and your skills so much. And as you serve, you, I pray will recognize that you are serving God even as you're serving us. If you're a lawyer, remember that you're not just there for money, but you're, you're, you're a lawyer for Jesus and for justice in society. A farmer who is, you know, is farming for Jesus and producing food that feeds and blesses people. You know, an engineer for Jesus and the fight against, you know, the natural evil and, and trying to work things so that, so that things will, will, will submit um, ultimately to our God. An artist for the glory of Christ. You know, whatever you are involved in, you know, a businessman who is, who is working, you know, building economic sufficiency in a time when people are really struggling. Maybe as an entrepreneur, you have great ideas to keep going and to enable business to happen. During a time when people are panicking, please do it and do it for Jesus and for the blessing of the people that are around us. You know, in everything that we do, even, you know, the homemaker who is who has decided that, that his or her life is about their children and helping those children, that you would do it for Jesus and building godly children that will make a difference to the world that they are engaged in. And people, I pray that you will be the best that you can be. Be the best that you can be. How could you do less? How could you be less? For a God who is so willing to step out for you, God loved you so much that he would be willing to go through the kinds of trials that we are going through now, um, going through worse trials than this, ultimately to the cross and dying on that cross, showing a complete willingness to, to share in our sufferings. You know, as we see the, the trouble of this season, may we be aware of, of the work of our God who enters in and makes a difference. Because in entering and participating in suffering, he overcame the world. He didn't come to stop pain necessarily. 
we recognize that we live in a in a fallen world but he came to redeem this world and he redeems even these times of pain and so that even when we can't see it he is present and he is at work our memory verse from from two weeks ago is a really powerful one even for us in this in this season and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose trust him you know i i i trust my god i know and i have experienced his work in this in the in every season of my life and i know that he will somehow use even this to bless us even somehow in this god is going to bring redemption out of all of these things but coming back to this whole idea of work be the best you can be this is what we can give to our god the one who made us and we can say thank you to him and on top of that there is amazing influence and impact in our lives through our competence serving our neighbors with excellence and competence allows us to rise up to a place of true influence and and, and as we finish our memory verse for this week is is one i'd like just to point back to you our memory verse is proverbs chapter 22 verse 29 it says do you see someone skilled in their work they will serve before kings they will not serve before officials of low rank proverbs 22:29 can we can we say this together wherever you are in your home um, wherever else that the, that that the lord has placed you um, that you we could just say these words and just remember what god is calling us to to remember something very special proverbs let's do it together proverbs 22:29 do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. Proverbs 22 verse 29. Father in heaven, I just thank you so much for your word that is relevant in every season. And you speak to us where we are and you call us to where you want us to be. And brother, Father, I just ask that you will be at work in my brothers and sisters in, in whatever situation they are in that you will give encouragement, that you will help them know that you have a purpose. Even in this time, you are not asleep. You are present and you are working somehow. Though we can't see it, we trust you. And I pray for my brothers and sisters in their circumstances. I pray for any who is feeling afraid at this time, that they will know that they are in the presence of God. A God who is present to enable, to empower, to strengthen, a God who has called us as we trust you and told us that we are not to be afraid. I pray that you will help your people not to be afraid in this season and that we would then be able to step out and work in whatever way we see possible in our time at the present time to be a positive influence in the world around us. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us the way of self-giving of serving God, of serving our neighbors, of working in this world. I pray that you will be at work in all of us, all the time, in Jesus' name. Amen.